Welcome back to another episode of Ravens Recap. We're here to go over the Week 2 preseason game against the Panthers. Guys, the streak stays alive. Ravens have had a 19-0 preseason win streak. How does it feel? We're marvelous. Just, just absolutely great. <laughs> You know, there's a good conversation on Twitter about it. Like, this isn't random. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons why, but it's mostly because of our def- defensive depth, which we'll get into. Like, this defense was absolutely suffocating in the second half. If you can't win a game when the other team can only put up 18 yards in the second half, like, shame on you. That, that's <laughs> unbelievable, right? So, uh, yeah, no wonder we're able to keep doing this. Um, it felt good, though. This team has, I think it might be the hardest cut down of all time. Like, definitely, as I've been paying attention as a fan, but, like, this defense is ridiculous. There's so much talent, and somebody's not going to make the team. There's there's no amount of shenanigans that this team can do with the practice squad and cuts and, you know, sweetheart deals with veterans to get all these players on the team, in my opinion. Someone's going to slip through the cracks. I think the Panthers GM after the game was basically like, uh, the Ravens uh, 23 to f- you know 53 spots are basically like way better than our guys at those same spots, um, which is right. I mean, you know, I think their their offense did fine. I mean, uh, they were moving the ball a little bit in the first half, just couldn't finish. But uh, yeah, that second half was it was just ridiculous how lopsided it was. Um, you know, if you were just watch the first half, you would think like there would be no way that the Ravens would come back and win this game, but. They did, and a lot of that had to do with their depth. Well, is there anyone on the Carolina that we want? Because it sounds like uh, <laughs> Eric DaCosta could flee something out of him pretty quickly if, if he's stating publicly <laughs> that there's 23 better guys <laughs> as depth guys on the Ravens. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for the uh, ESPN 30 for 30 on this uh, this preseason dynasty that the Ravens <laughs> have here under Harbaugh. Um, but... Like you said, defensive depth is huge this year. Um, a lot, there's some intriguing guys on offense as well, and I, I think just it's a mentality thing. There, what was it? Tyus Bowser, I think, said it. You know, as long as there's a scoreboard running, uh, the Ravens are playing to win, and you got to love that mentality. Just every time they're out there on the football field, they're playing to win, and that mentality is throughout the organization and is going to lead to another Super Bowl. At some point, hopefully it's this year, but, you know, it's, this franchise is focused on winning, so got a lot of good things to look forward to as long as this uh, these injuries get under control. Yeah, the, the worst part about this game, for sure, LJ Fort is out for the season with an ACL tear. The only good news coming from the report is that it's a clean tear and he should make a full recovery by next year. Hate to see a guy who has such versatility and uh, depth to the roster get hurt that way i question if he actually will be back with us next year just because this is like the definition of an injury that he can just find his way into irrelevance i mean he already got cut from our team this year to get like renegotiated down so i feel bad for him uh definitely a, a guy that i quickly grew on excited not to see his stupid number uh right he he changed his number too <laughs> but uh but other than that like you know kind of kind of feel bad um obviously this is actually the one position group on defense where you have an injury and you're like oops like that's not great uh interior defensive line also in that conversation as well but uh you know this this makes chris board's uh life a lot better he's probably definitely making the team at this point guys like welsh could uh make the team at this point you know alaka is still there um they're all much more in the mix than they were uh, a couple days ago yeah i put anthony levine in that conversation as well um you know, if you have one less uh, linebacker that you were going to have out there for as much as, you know, could be doing more dime and nickel, and you could see Levine uh, slide into that role that Fort would have there. But, yeah, I agree with you with all those other names as well. Um, it makes the, the roster crackdown a little more interesting uh, from that perspective. Hopefully for Fort's career, he can come back from this and at least play one more season uh, healthy. I agree with you. I think he probably played his last game in a Ravens uniform, just especially with what we're seeing, uh, the steps that Queen and Harrison are making right now and what the big plan overall is for those two guys. So um, Chris Board, obviously a really good depth guy too. So wish the best for Fort. It sucks that the ball fell that way for him. But um, as far as the Ravens' plans for defense, I think they still got plenty of guys to fill that role. Yeah, and as the conversation went on Twitter, it sounds like, a lot of Ravens fans, and I think it's pretty safe to say the Ravens are going to play a lot more dime. So the need for that third linebacker is reduced. 
Um, they definitely seem to have the secondary pieces this year to play a lighter package. The depth's not as critical, but obviously you still want it. Yeah, for sure. You know, spending this away a little bit, um, I just want to talk about uh, Queen and Harrison a little bit. I don't know, uh, you know, whether you guys kind of saw this, but I, I thought, um, I thought Queen had a particularly good game. I mean, it, I, I don't think he was as standout as he was in the first preseason game, but from uh, at least a few snaps I was seeing from him, he seemed to still do well um, and run support. Did fairly well there. Also watched a few of his past. Uh, past defense plays as well seem to be getting back into his drops and kind of preventing things now again he's playing against Darnold and number ones like it's, it's not like the you know best challenge I think but definitely some good signs when you know I mean that was kind of the big key with him is, is just seeing how he improved in pass coverage signs still to be looking good as far as Harrison I, I thought his game was maybe a little bit more shaky this week I, I don't know if you, if you guys um watched him a little bit closely um I know one play in particular I think there was a screen pass to um what was his name Chuba Williams or something number 30 the running back Chuba Hubbard yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hubbard yeah um yeah there was like a screen pass that he had either in Q1 or early Q2 or something and basically everybody on the Ravens line just got beat uh, I think it was like Justin Ellis Malik Harrison uh, a few other guys Chris Smith maybe um everybody was caught looking in the backfield and just like totally missed him um and unfortunately i think uh i think elliot missed the tackle he maybe had a chance for it and i think uh somebody else maybe queen was in pursuit or something and he ended up getting like a 15 20 yard gain or something that was the play for me i just would have liked to see harrison make just for him to you know kind of have his head up and looking for the ball not just you know book for quarterback kind of thing We'll we'll have to see how that goes. I think uh, at least from what we saw with Week One, Queen seems to be a little bit further along, uh, which is good. You know, it's always it's always good to have at least one of your guys like that. But um, but yeah, I mean, we don't want to repeat from early 2019 when we had these young linebackers that we were like, oh yeah, they're going to be great, and then all of a sudden having to go out and pick up L.J. Ford and Josh Bynes to <laughs> try and fill in the holes. <laughs> we don't have that luxury this year. Both of whom Alex still owes beers to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you guys know Josh Bynes was on the other side of the field? Number 32. I did not know that he was on the other team, and uh, that pains me to hear, because maybe I could have went to Carolina and offered him that beer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was definitely on that sideline. It's it's crazy. Some of the players you kind of, like, you get to see, like, um, you know, you see their you know facial expressions, and, like, you can kind of see their faces behind the helmet. A lot of times you can't. It's kind of hard sometimes to see that. But um, I don't know. There were just some guys who just like I recognized their face, and, and definitely when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, that's Josh Bynes. He's he's definitely there." Led the Panthers with nine tackles. He's a tackling machine, man. Truth be told, man, if I think if I saw him at a bar, I wouldn't know it was him. This this feels bad. I wouldn't be able to offer him the said beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember what he looks like like in the face that well at all. At this point, you're not going to remember what you even know him a beer for. <laughs> for his excellent play, <laughs> being able to step in there. Now, I think I think these younger linebackers are a different situation than Peanut was. Uh, you know, that younger core last last time was, uh, you know, undrafted, much more risky of a play, so to speak. Whereas, you know, with the first round draft pick in Queen and then a third rounder in Malik, uh, you, you have a lot more confidence in that player contributing. And I think they're just they're more skilled. So it doesn't concern me as much. I think there will still be growing pains this year. I'm not expecting them to be fully matured. But uh, just what I've seen of Queen so far is significantly better than he was in uh, 2020. And his anticipation um, and gap integrity, I think, has been much better. He's able to use his gifts of speed, you know, appropriately rather than like over pursuing plays. And I think it's it's resulting in better um, defensive play. Yeah, not much more for me to add there. I think you guys said it all right there. He's definitely looking uh, like a first round pick. And if that can continue through the, the regular season it's going to be big dividends for the defense this defense is definitely improving i talk about the first team i mean deshaun elliott looks like a better player than ever he was definitely the standout of the game on defense no questions asked chuck clark maybe a close second although i have another guy i want to talk about uh these two are just vibing uh they're going to be playing a lot of snaps and making plays and chuck clark really seems to be having good time in the dimeback role um so i definitely think this defense, like, they're just teasing what they'll be up to, I think, regular season. I can't wait to see it. Literally teasing because Elliot's the Joker, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. In this preseason, I think Elliot's confidence looks a lot 
a lot better. Um, there were certainly times last year where he over-pursued on a play or, or didn't look like he quite was confident with his positioning. But, yeah, he's making plays. Um, saw some of the, the Panthers broadcasts as well while watching some highlights, and, and they were talking up Elliott um, on their side, the broadcasters there, Steve Smith in particular. Um, so he's going noticed by both sides. And, you know, that sack was big that he had there. And Chuck Clark continues to get better. So that's going to be really exciting to see them at their safety tandem this year. The other guy I was alluding to was uh, Dalen Hayes. You know, unfortunately, I didn't get to see too much of the first preseason game, as you guys alluded to. But man, the second game, I saw the highlight again, which was great of his dip move is uh, tremendous. He's been getting good pressure, um, able to very fluidly dip down, get around the offensive tackle and uh, create pass rush. And I think, uh, you know, that given his also ability to drop back into coverage will make him very versatile for this defense. And he might be a bigger contributor week one than we anticipated. I hope so, man. Um, I think I remember talking about Dalen. I mean, this is probably months ago. It's probably on the pod at some point. I mean, just hearing him from some of his interviews, he just sounds like a really, I mean, a really great, bright young man. I mean, uh, God, it hurts to say that because I'm not that old either, but I mean, he's younger than I am. <laughs> right. But uh, I mean, he just, you know, he, he sounds like a professional football player. Like I listened to his interview. He sounds like Calais Campbell has been in the league forever. I think it's been very surprising just the returns on him so far. It's like the potential is definitely there. He's not the most flashy player. He's not going to, you know, run around you like, you know, OA. Um, he's not going to bull rush you like Ferguson, but he's just, he's very shifty and he's able to generate pe- pressure. Um, he hasn't hit home very often, at least in the preseason. Um, this past game, I don't, actually, I don't remember if he had a sack or not, but um, I know there are a few plays in particular just looking at his moves and, and he's able to generate pressure on the quarterback. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely excited for him, and I mean, I know people are raving about uh, the Justin Houston pickup because he has just been um, just invaluable with providing uh, feedback and, and tips and mentorship to to Owe and Hayes. Um, so I really hope that that's going to pay off this year and, and for the years to come. Yeah, Hayes definitely seems like a guy who has a really high football IQ. Um, you can just see it out there, and I think yeah, the signing of Houston pair that with a guy like Hayes who seems to really be putting in the extra work and and soaking in the defensive concepts like that's gonna really improve what his impact is gonna be his rookie year um he does seem to have a similar skill set to Bowser you know he mentioned that he's able to go into coverage well it should be interesting to see what the Ravens want to do there He, he can have both those guys on the field maybe fake one of them going to coverage and blitz the other guy could be something they do or drop both back just another way to add another wrinkle to this defense is something that it'll be interesting to see if they play around with in the regular season speaking of bowser i think he also had a particularly um good game uh on saturday at least from what i saw i believe on the sack that elliot had bowser pressured the quarterback and which basically gave elliot the free pass to to get the sack there and there were a couple other plays on run defense where he was setting the edge well. He also looks like he has some uh, more confidence in his role, like Elliott. Uh, so uh, I guess getting that second contract is really helping him you know, feel more at home in the defense and uh, setting him up to take on more of a leadership role on this team this year. But yeah, Bowser also having a really great preseason. Continuing, I guess, our conversation of outside linebackers. You mentioned him. Ferguson looks like he's on the up and up. Two solid preseason games. Uh, a lot of people think that he's going to make the roster at this point. Further complicates things with guys like uh, Chris Smith actually turning in good performances too. We obviously can't keep them all with the addition of uh, Houston. And I think, again, that's just showing off this defensive depth and how uh, difficult it will be come cut down time. Interesting. I actually thought Ferguson maybe didn't look as good this game. I've seen a few of his snaps. It, he just... I feel like he's having the same problems as before. It's just like he he's only really got one move. And even when he tries to put some other moves in there, I feel like he's just like over pursuing a few. I think there were one or two plays. I had to find the timestamps of them, but just he's trying to make a move to get around a guy. And he ended up just getting blocked out of the play. I don't know from, I mean, from a third round pick, I mean, it's just kind of a little disappointed. Like I would definitely want to see more growth at this point. I don't know. I mean, the numbers may still work out for him, but Definitely is one of those players, uh, at least in my opinion, I, f- I feel like he's kind of on the bubble. I feel like I've seen more 
positive signs from a guy like Hayes than I have from Ferguson at this point. Yeah, Ferguson's having an interesting preseason. To me, it's kind of reminding me of the final preseasons that you know guys like Brashad Perriman and Kamala Correa had in Baltimore, where they would make they made some flashes those years, and there was talk about how they improved their game, but ultimately it just wasn't enough to cement them a roster spot for that season. The Ravens had had seen enough to kind of know what they were, and in the case of Correa, they were able to. He was able to parlay his uh, improved preseason into a trade to Tennessee. I'm pretty sure Perryman was just released in that before uh, Washington picked him up or Cleveland. I forget who exactly it was. Yeah, one, one of those. Yeah. yeah. That's my thoughts of what's going to happen with Ferguson at the moment. I think he's the Ravens may try and trade him, try and upsell the improvement that he has made to some team for maybe a late-round draft pick, um, or he might be a last of the cuts. Because like you said, with Houston and, and, and Smith making improvements too, I just don't know if, if they're going to see the the full upside that he has. Is that enough to is that enough to, to take a spot away from, from a, one of the younger guys? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, especially with the Ravens too. I mean, they're in win, like they're clearly win now mode, right? You've got to maximize this year and you got to maximize the next year. Beyond that, you have to pay Lamar, becomes a lot more murky. So like... I mean, when you're talking about these, you know, second string, third string players, I mean, these guys have to have potential now, not two, three years from now, now. So, yeah, Ferguson, I, I definitely agree with the, you know, the Correa uh, comparison, Peter. It's just, he, he showed improvement that preseason, but it's just, you know, how much more of a ceiling does he have, you know? And I think the Ravens, like you said, the Ravens had already seen enough at that point. So, you know, they made the decision to trade him. So we'll we'll definitely see. I mean, again, like the you know, with the numbers of you know, we don't know how many linemen they're gonna take, we don't know how many, you know, DBs that they're gonna take. It it's it's very up in the air. I mean, uh, you know, there might be a way for him to to be on this team where you know, I'm I'm not saying at this point that he won't make the team. I'm just saying like he seems kind of on the bubble to me. Oh yeah, I think there is definitely a a scenario where he does make the team and and plays most of the games this year. But yeah, I th- I think to, to say that he's not on the bubble uh, right now and he probably still needs to do a little more in this last preseason game, I think would be uh, remiss to say. Well, I will say, at least for two guys, definitely aren't on the bubble, but I wanted to you know, kind of give him a shout out. Matabuke, I thought in particular, um, also had a pretty good game. I mean, I just, I remember the one play, I think he hustled the sideline to, to knock guy out of bounds. I mean, you just, you don't, you don't see that that often from those linemen, right? I mean... Gosh, like Holody Nato would be the last person that I'd remind me of, of just making a play like that. Uh, you just don't see big guys run like that. Another guy, too, I thought who had a really good week uh, this week, building on his week one, Broderick Washington. Again, like, I thought he was a big surprise week one. He seemed like a guy that would have been an easy cut for the Ravens. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, this guy is is just... I think he's doing pretty good in run defense, and he's again just like generally disruptive. It's it's not like Brandon Williams where you know he's eating up blockers, but he's not really doing anything. He's not generating pressure. He's just eating up guys for other people to to make plays. Broderick Washington, like he's he's getting around some guys. Like he's being disruptive, not to the same level as Matabuke, but I mean, heck, like you know, from one of these guys who is fifth, sixth lineman at best on our roster, like that's exciting to see for me. Yeah, and we talked last week about how uh, Washington was one of our surprises in the Saints game. Um, we wanted to see if he would uh, back it up, and he certainly did uh, in, in this most recent preseason game and paired well with Matabuke. I agree that I was actually about to say the same thing as you, that, that Matabuke's athleticism is starting to remind me of, of Haloti Nada. Yeah, the guy just is a freak down there on the line, and it certainly seems like the Ravens have found another mid-round stud at the defensive line position who will be there for a while he's set up for a big season no one's is going to be surprised at all who's a Ravens fan to see Matabuke make a big impact this year uh, so I think the, really the only question with him is just how does he rotate in with the veteran monsters and uh, the answer is probably going to be he's going to rotate a lot so the, especially with the extra game this year Ravens are going to want to keep those guys fresh and and off the injury list and have him prime for the playoffs. So having a young guy like Matabuke and and Washington uh, to cycle in there and spell those guys uh, to keep them, you know, keep their legs fresh for the season, that's some underrated depth 
um, that, you know, when we look back at the end of the season, we could look at that as something that was really critical to this roster. Well, before we go to offense, I guess the only other thing I ask, uh, I guess I'll open it up to you guys. Um, who, who do we think at this point are, are going to be like our, you know, sixth or potentially seventh cornerbacks? I mean, is there anybody that uh, stood out to you guys who thinks uh, who has the upper hand at this point? Uh, sheesh. I mean, man, I don't know. Okay, like who are we talking about, right? So you got Stevens maybe counts in that number. I think like you have to think overall secondary, in my opinion, because it's like kind of getting a little muddy here. But you got Stevens, you got Wade, you've got Westry, you've got Warrior, uh, you got Washington potentially. Yeah. I mean, I think Stevens in particular, like I think he's definitely staying. Um, I mean, I thought oh, week sure. one he hit a lot better. Like the the first preseason game was a lot better. This game he's a little more quiet. Um, I didn't really notice him as much. Um, I thought Warrior had a pretty strong game against the Panthers. Westry fe- it felt like to me he was getting a little bit more picked on than he was week one, but I could see him maybe making the roster. Yeah, he's a tough one, right? Uh, just because of his physical gifts that they would want to keep him around in some capacity uh and he's difficult to let go to the wire probably get picked up by somebody i mean we haven't done our 53 man roster show i think we will i think it's gonna be very difficult like i said i mean i don't think stevens is even like in the conversation honestly i think like he's as locked as as clayus campbell right like there's no way they're dropping a third round pick not a guy that they're that excited about not the guy that brings so much versatility like we saw in college he played safety and corner and we're seeing him do the exact same thing now like he's lying up both places I don't know if that's his best use long term, but I think there's no question in my mind that he's making the team. I I don't see him dropping Wade. It it makes you just wonder, right? Like the guys they gave draft pedigree around, uh, they historically never cut. And these guys haven't done anything to deserve necessarily to get cut. But there are a lot of really good undrafted guys that make you scratch your head a bit. Um, I, I think overall, Westry... I don't see him making it. Uh, I could see him lingering around the team if we're so lucky. I think uh, Ardarius Washington has made too much of a name to not be in the conversation um, ahead of him. Because I think, like I said, I think you, you're, you're talking about the whole secondary in this in mm-hmm. this instance, yeah. not just corner. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think you hit the nail on the head with Stevens. Uh, there's he's going to have a role on this team. Sean Wade is in an interesting position. Um, I'm actually seeing a stat right here from Pro Football Focus. They're saying that um, through the first two weeks of preseason, Sean Wade grades as the second highest uh, rookie cornerback in single coverage. Um, okay. <laughs> which, I mean, I don't know if that means anything or not. Did he have that many snaps last game? I thought I heard somewhere he only got five snaps in the game against Carolina. I don't have an exact snap count, but I, I, wanna, I didn't notice him as much this game. But then again, I mean, with the Ravens' defense performing so well in the second half, I mean, that might have just been by design, you know? No one had no one had plays. <laughs> they were three and out. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that could have been that. Um, it, you know, they've – I mean, obviously the Ravens rotate so many guys in and out throughout the whole game. So, yeah, I, I will say it's a great problem for them to have. I mean, <laughs> we've – we're we're not in the 2013 to 2017 doldrums over here where if Jimmy Smith got hurt we didn't know what in the world was going to happen with the secondary. <laughs> this uh this position group is stacked. They've got depth at corner and safety and wherever they go, they're going to be set for the season. I mean, that's the thing you got to look at and say like obviously for these guys it matters, but for the team as a whole, the Ravens are going to be set at this position group no matter who they go with. Sean Wade had 9 snaps. And 10 special teams. Richards got cut, so he's irrelevant. Washington had 10 and 10. I feel like Warrior played a little bit more this game. Like I said, oh, I yeah, Warrior was in there like crazy. Warrior had yeah. the most. He had 29 and 7. Uh, Westry right behind him, 26 and 6. Okay. And then you had Stevens with 19 and 10. So clearly they gave a lot of time to Warrior and Westry. It feels like the guys are probably deciding between. Not even in the conversation. Geno Stone, he's played really well. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> unbelievable back end, right? Uh, yeah, Geno Stone's been playing really well. I mean, Harbaugh talked about it in his presser. Someone asked, like, how are you going to figure out the secondary? And he just like literally exhaled and was like, I don't know. Like he legitimately <laughs> yeah, seems yeah. like he's like obviously a wonderful problem to have, but like. And he just you know, named off all his guys. He was like, "These are all—they're all playing well." It's like almost no fault of yep. their own if they don't make it. Like, 
it is a very, very good team. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I mean, how many of these guys are going to start for the Jets week one? Like, that's the question we all have to ask ourselves. <laughs> that, like, is, <laughs> that is the real question. That's it, it, basically the same question we were asking in 2018. I, it was the same thing, except it was the defensive line. The defensive line was overly stacked. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone that they did cut found the way onto a roster that year. And the Ravens' defensive line was a strong point on that team that year. So I think you're seeing the same thing this year with the, just with a separate positional group in the defense. I think uh, Ken McCusick brought up a really interesting point I hadn't really thought about. Uh, with waivers, um, a team that might be um, lower in the waiver priority might really want one of these guys and be willing to trade a conditional pick in order to have like, you know, them first. Uh, rather right. than them fall to somebody else. So it's interesting how their value is almost more so to get them over other teams than like, we know you're going to cut this person. We know you don't have enough room, but we want to be able to like, leapfrog the system. So an interesting way to generate value around these players who like, for all intents and purposes, should be replacement level. Like they shouldn't be that interesting to anybody because they were literally off the streets. You know, <laughs> like they, they weren't drafted. Most of the guys we're talking about, they weren't drafted. They could have had them, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, kind of incredible. Well done by the Ravens front office. I mean, they're just remarkably good at this. Um, and that's why we're so spoiled as a franchise. Oh, I guess one more thing. Oa, he looked good. I was happy to see him finally. He's very fast. Uh, unbelievably fast. He looked like a rocket, uh, you know, going after the quarterback. Um, and just a really interesting player. I, I'm very excited to have him in purple and black. That's my that's my hot take. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's much more to say because it's a preseason and like we're not going to see how they exactly want to use him. But in the way they're using him so far, looks good. Very hyped. Yeah, I've liked what I've seen with him. I've, I've heard mixed opinions uh, among the, the beat writers and, and local media on his performance so far. But yeah, I, I can see how, you know, there's some work to do with his pass rush moves. I will agree that, that Hayes does look a little further ahead as far as like getting used to the NFL game right now. But I agree. His, his athleticism is very obvious. Um, and... You know, he's has been in there on multiple plays in both run stuffing and rushing the passer. Consistency has been an issue um, in both these two games from what I've seen. But, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of potential there. And like you said, we don't know if they're using him right now with exactly how they're going to once the game starts. So uh, very intrigued to see what he does uh, when it comes to the regular season. If Houston's Yoda, then he's Luke Skywalker. He has the force <laughs> already. He just needs to learn how to use it, and uh, it'll be all good. <laughs> that's that's my take. <laughs> In the words of Brian Billick, how do I follow that? Um, anyway, we should transition to the offense. <laughs> um, uh, QB2 seems Huntley's job at the moment. Um, he's kind of the only option this game. He... I don't know. You, you can you do everything. You can do everything that you would do with Lamar with Huntley. I think most of it works. He's definitely not as good of a passer, despite the uh, the commentators saying that Lamar was starting. It was Huntley. Um, it's pretty obvious. It is, I mean, his throwing motion is is definitely like way different. He was making some underneath passes, but his inaccuracy it's still there. Um, there were a few passes. I think there was that one deep pass to Benjamin Victor. He overthrew him by like ten yards. Do I feel like super comfortable with giving him QB2? No, but he's kind of our best option at the moment. I don't know if the Ravens would go and pick out anybody, uh, you know, a vet uh, at this point. I don't know. I mean, did, did you guys see anything different? That's kind of my take as well. Um, it's Yeah, it's like you said, who are you going to get who's better at this point? I mean, technically, RG3 is still out there. He's uh, <laughs> apparently has an out in his announcement in gig where if a team gives him an offer and he likes it, he's able to to sign but i mean we saw what rg3 could do i think that you know given huntley's shortcomings still i think he's a better option right now than rg3 and he has athleticism that is similar to lamar's um so you can at least run a lot of the same concepts when lamar is out of the game with huntley and i do agree the passing is a concern and as well as um ball management as far as turnovers it just feels like sometimes he's just trying yeah. to make too yeah. big a play pressing too much now i don't know if that's just because it's preseason and he's trying to really extra hard to get some stuff on film and maybe if he was in a real game situation he would be more careful with the ball but i don't know i think i guess what i'm thinking about compare huntley to uh 
Tyrod Taylor when he was here in Baltimore, like from a backup quarterback perspective, comparing those two, like who do you who do you feel more comfortable with having to go into the game? I guess in relation to Taylor, I don't. I think it's giving him too much credit. I think Huntley is like solidly a QB two. It's not just his passing ability and his rushing ability that are like not Lamar level. His ability to read leverage and uh, to choose the correct uh, option in the option plays is lacking. He's he's just okay. Like I think honestly, he he can only be a QB two here. Like he wouldn't be that interesting in almost any other team, which almost makes him feel like a cut candidate because. I just don't think like, you know how like you see a, a list of like rankings of the quarterbacks, mostly in fantasy, right? Like you're like, oh, like it goes through like 40 and there's like, a couple guys outside the starters that are like, maybe they're a starter, but they're lower because they think the rookie's better, et cetera. Like Huntley's not in, on that list and he shouldn't be, right? Like I just think he's like not that level of quarterback. And um, the only reason he's here is because he's actually a very good fit for our offense. Um, and it's like a, a good style fit, just like how the Ravens you know, might not have the best like skilled players. They go elsewhere. They're not as good, but here they have a really good role and we're able to put them in a good role. That's Huntley. And I just don't think there's anything to be super excited about him, which is like different than I've said in the past. Like I was a little higher on him, but the more I see of him, the more I'm like, he is just, he is just okay. Like he is uh, going to help you maybe survive a couple games. You know, obviously in in the real year, um, he's the only piece that's gotten injured so to speak. Uh, so he could come in with a full offensive line, all the offensive weapons, Dobbins, and like a full playbook and be more successful than he's been in the preseason. But I just don't think he's great. Like, I don't think people are going to pick him up like Tyrod and then use him and have success. Um, I don't think, I don't think he has any future outside of Baltimore is what I'm getting at. I just, it's, it's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, with, with McSorley being injured, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a non-starter at this point. The only question is whether they still keep both. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, McSorley, he seems to make some of the more, you know, traditional throws, um, you know, more consistently. But his biggest problem is availability, you know? He's he's had so many injuries and just lingering things. It's just, I don't know if we can count on him to be there when we need him, you know? So, I mean, Huntley does have that going for him, which is which is definitely good. Um, but, yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that take, Alec. I think Huntley's more of a gamer too. Like, I just think like if the game's on the line, I want him in over McSorley. He definitely has more spark. I just think he, I I just like, in my opinion, mm. like I'm not that crazy about McSorley. That's what McSorley was known for, though, right? I mean, yeah. and, and I don't care. About oh, I'm, college, don't get me right? wrong. Like, I, I'm not that crazy about McSorley <laughs> either. Man, he he got he kept us in that game against Cleveland, though, man. <laughs> Okay. Did he? <laughs> Dude, he, he laid out. He gave play. up his ACL for the Ravens to make the playoffs last year. <laughs> was it like a non-contact injury? <laughs> he just fell it over. Like, I mean, it I'm was. not trying to laugh at a guy getting yeah. hurt, but like, I mean, come on. Like, I don't know. Hey, yeah, man, I, if, he, if he didn't get hurt at that exact time, Lamar wouldn't have come back as Superman on the next play. That is actually true. He actually, <laughs> he did us a favor. <laughs> Lamar was like, all right, I'll come oh, out. Man. I'm ready. <laughs> Gosh. Remember when McSorley was drafted and there was talk that, that the Ravens are going to use him in a Taysom Hill type of situation? <sighs> I mean, Gosh. whatever. I don't, I don't see how that ever would have worked <laughs> now that we've no. seen film of what he does at the NFL level. That was. <laughs> I don't even know how Taysom Hill really works, to be honest. But, <laughs> you know, it's like... Man, yeah. we'll see. I mean... Jameis Winston just threw is uh just through two touchdowns against the Jags right now before Hill could even get on the field as we're talking. Oh, I mean, he's a starter in my opinion. I don't even I, I don't think it's a contest, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, let's talk let's here let's, let's 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 transition. Let's talk third running back. I don't know about you guys. Tyson Williams to me, he seems like running back 3 in my opinion. Um we didn't even see that much of Hill this game. And I mean, Williams has had solid games, you know, for the past two games. I mean, that touchdown run for him, sheesh. I mean, that balance, incredible body control to be able to get in the end zone. All right, so we just had a conversation about Huntley and how, like, Huntley, like, fits our scheme, and he's a guy that, like, you know, exists on the Ravens, can be useful as a Ravens backup number two. That is not the case with Tyson Williams. He is actually a good running back. He could play on another team, I think, in my opinion, like, as a number one, and he could succeed. Like, he is actually a player. Uh, <laughs> you know, just like just like how uh, Gus Edwards is actually a player. Um, this guy has been riding our, our bench and hiding for a year now, and 
Matt Wallman, who I, I really respect his work, um, does a lot of rookie uh, analysis, and he's one of those guys who like doesn't listen to the echo chamber, and he'll always come out with ridiculous like proclamations. Like for him, um, Trey Sermon is like his RB one this year. It's not uh, Najee Harris, it's not ETN, it's not any of those guys. Like his flag is on Trey Sermon. He is the best guy coming out of college. He's been raving about um, Tyson's ability. And he's just been hiding and he's like, and he's on the Ravens. Oh man, if he ever sees the, the field, he'll do great. And, you know, during the COVID game, he was like, if you want to pick mm-hmm. up somebody for waivers, he's like, don't even look at the other guys. Like, go get him. Cause he's like, if another injury happens, like they're going to finally see that he's really good and he can play. And, um, this is just like total like t- confirmation bias, but like I see it, right? <laughs> like all the things he's been saying about this guy seem very true. Uh, he seems like a gamer. Yeah, 100%. I'm also on the Taysan Williams hype strain. He just looks like an NFL back. It's crazy that he still has a role on this team after not getting any preseason action, obviously, last year in 2020 and just practice squad. But yeah, like Justice, I think the Justice Hill experiment uh, has been underwhelming. You know, we, we had some high hopes for him after his rookie year, and he's been out there. And I did hear someone make the argument that about special teams, how Justice Hill has been a great gunner for the Ravens during this time. I think that they've got guys who could fill that role, though, if, yep. you know, if there's no room for Hill just as a special teamer on this roster, which I don't think there is. Williams, you love the guy's motor. He's got NFL moves. He's got an NFL body. Uh, that touchdown run at in the game was incredible. I know the Panthers were tired, but just still seeing him uh, have that balance on those last five yards, that was excellent yeah his preseason is reminding me of gus edwards a few years ago where like you watch the guy and you were just like okay i know this guy's going against guys who aren't a lot of these guys who aren't going to have an opportunity to actually start on an nfl roster but you can still see that that production is legitimate so yeah if for some reason he doesn't make the ravens or they cut him and they can't get him on the practice squad he's going to have a big impact I don't know about a big impact, but he will have an impact and be on some NFL roster this year. For sure. I mean, even, I mean, hell man, I'm I'm thinking of like some of the plays too, like going back to week one, not even this game, but like, I think it was that he had that 20 yard run or something. It was, it was like off left tackle. I think he was able to basically make a guy miss around the line of scrimmage. And once he got by them, it was pure speed to the sideline was able to pick up all those yards. Um, I can't remember if he ended with a touchdown on that run, but um, I mean, just he's got the change of direction. He's got the speed. He has the vision to be able to pick the right holes in the tackle. That is honestly the biggest difference between him and Hill. Hill just like you have to have like every block be perfect for him to pick up a bunch. Otherwise, like he just hits the wrong holes. He makes the move at the wrong time. He just there's just yeah, there's just so many things that he's just like not. He, he could get, and if he does, like he has the physical ability to to break off those long runs, but he just keeps getting stuffed and just not making the right moves. But Tyson is just like, he's got a little bit of everything. He's got the moves. He's got the vision. He's got the balance. He even has the ability to pass block. I saw a couple of the, you know, a couple of the uh, uh, reps that he took as a pass blocker. Like he was making the blocks. Not saying Justice Hill can't. I mean, I think he was okay at it, but... I mean, when you have a guy who has that complete package, I mean, you got to keep him around. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, the wiggle is is really what Tyson has over uh, over Hill. I think Hill, like always, even though we know he's fast, he looked kind of rigid. Uh, like he had to get up to speed, so to speak. Uh, he just didn't have that wiggle. And um, I honestly, th- I, I'm not a big believer in long speed anymore, like at all. I, for any position whatsoever like even even wide receiver like how often do they get to really do it i'm all about like wiggle cuts um acceleration you know like that's 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 all i really care about and I, that's what i'm seeing out of uh mr williams so yeah i think he can ball i think he's good um i'm comfortable giving him that and, and here's my special teams take i love special teams i think if you like special teams like you're on the right side of football so to speak but the thing is the Ravens have graduated out of like caring about special team contributors. Um, we have too many people who can produce on offensive defense and give us valuable depth there that we will by definition of the attrition in the NFL need 
um, that we can't be like worried about special teams. Be like, well, this guy's really good at special teams. Well, too bad because like the other guys will be good enough <laughs> at special teams and like better at offense and defense. Um, I just don't think we're in the position anymore, other than the three specialists of kicker, punter, and lawn snapper, to give any uh, consideration on this to uh, special teams ability. I I, I think it's ridiculous <laughs> to say like the guy. Uh, who's a, a great producer on offense and defense is not able to become as good at special teams if they gave it the attention. It's just I just don't buy it. But I never played football, so maybe I'm. Talking I mean, about I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't think the the Ravens shouldn't have to keep like all their 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 all their special teams players shouldn't just be good at special teams, right? I think. I think there might be one or two guys on the roster who are probably there as like special team specialists, but aren't like those core three. Um, you know, for example, like Chris Board, he's like he hasn't really shown anything at inside linebacker to say like, oh yeah, he really definitely belongs here. It's like he's really good at special teams at this point. I mean, depending on whether Levine stays or not, he could be that core special teamer. So he's primarily there for that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, do we need a Justice Hill? Do we need a Miles Boykin because they're really good at like one thing that they do? I mean, you've got all these other guys who are showing that they can play and make all these, you know, different things. Um, yeah, why not? Like, get the guys who have more potential who you can coach up to play special teams rather than having four or five guys who are just good at special teams, but you know what you have on their offense or defense. So I get that. I think it's a really good transition into the wide receiver competition right now. Um, bringing up Miles Boykin because. Uh, Unless I missed something, he didn't have any snaps in this yeah. game. Um, <laughs> exactly still right. Out. Is he, is yeah, he still out with a was a hamstring? Yeah, it's injury related. That's why he's not playing. But yeah, no, like a hundred percent. Like I kind of forgot. Like I was like, is he like healthy or not? When the game first started, I was like, where is this guy? And then I was like, oh, he must be still hurt. Because um, you know, you don't get the text. Like I always get text uh, before the. Uh, <laughs> The Ravens game with the inactives. They're like, oh, these are the inactives. And you can kind of get reminded of who's injured, so to speak. <laughs> no inactives. No text. Uh, I was like, is this guy still battling an injury? You know, I hear, hear a lot about Hollywood and Bateman because, like, they're the, the prolific guys, uh, so to speak. But, yeah, anyways, yeah, he, he's... Um, Watkins uh, as well. What a bad uh, you know, preseason <laughs> for this guy. Yeah, Watkins. No, I know. Yeah, Watkins as well. It's unfortunate that Boykin's not getting the, you know, snaps in preseason because, like, he desperately needs them to make the team. I'll, I'll say that no wide receiver other than like our boy uh, Tyler Wallace uh, is making plays, in my opinion, from a wide receiver perspective. We were having a conversation on Twitter that maybe they're trying to hide Prochet at this point because like he's not getting any of these looks, but he apparently is like dominating in practice, like even in the, the joint practice against Carolina. So something's afoot with uh, with Prochet. I don't know what's going on, but uh, yeah, just to me, like, you know, we always thought Wallace is making the team, so it's like almost not even interesting. I don't think there's uh, too much of a competition there other than like the Boykin Prochet. And like Prochet has the availability, he has the coach's enthusiasm, he has also has a special teams component as a returner. He has uh, the, the fact that he's apparently a baller in practice, and like he also has the, the fact that like he comes in early and like hits the jug machine. Like, you know, that uh, that's a, a coach's dream. So he has like all the, the check boxes to make the team. So I think he's a lock at this point, and uh, because of the numbers, I am assuming that that means Boykin is not. Yeah, that is an interesting point to bring up because I was going to counter with, you know, it could just be that Duvernay and, and Prochet aren't getting that many targets just because, like, we've, we've talked about the limitations of, of Huntley out there. But, counterpoint, Josh Oliver is getting targeted as if his hands are going <laughs> to fall off if they don't get him the football <laughs> too quick enough. But. <laughs> And uh, clearly, with with Oliver, I, I guess I'm transitioning to tight end, uh, but we can, I guess we can talk about both positions at once. Um, yeah, Oliver is a guy we we Alec and I have talked up a lot during the off season. You guys remember, and I don't know. They're certainly giving him a lot of look this preseason. And if if he's not going to be the the backup receiving tight end, it's kind of like, well, who is going to be? Um, maybe Ricard. I don't know. Uh, you could put him in that role, but yeah, I don't know. Alec, I'll let you go first. What are, what are your thoughts on Oliver so far versus what the expectation was with, with what we had read about this guy? He looks good, man. I think he'll play. I think he's fine. Um, you know, uh, I'm not too worried about the fumble. It is what it is. It happens. He looks like the athlete that, you know, we expected 
when we were talking about him. You know what I'm going to talk about <laughs> involving that room? Who who wants to go on with this Mason guy that we spent a fifth round pick on? <laughs> like all I see is his mohawk on the sidelines. Like I don't understand what's going on. Like he does he have snaps? I'm just, like scrolling down in the game book now. Like did he have snaps? I don't think I saw him. Like, he has some. I mean, primarily at yeah, the the fullback spot. So, I mean, a few blocks here and there, but that's about it. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. He did have a few snaps. Yeah, they're like, definitely not using him as a traditional tight end at this point, for sure. Wait, where is he? Number 38. Ben Mason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, like, I don't, I'm not saying, oh, here it is. Mason. Oh, he had 23 snaps. Oh, wow. That's a lot of snaps. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought I saw him a lot. Yeah, um, I had to adjust to his number. In, in the second half, both this game and last, last game, almost exclusively at the fullback position. But, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really seen him make any plays that, that really make you go, like, wow, that's why they drafted this guy. I mean, he seems to be someone he's, you know, he's making the blocks. He's he's in there, but he's not doing anything so far to to really wow you and make you think, oh, this guy's the the future successor to the Kyle Yushek, Pat Ricard role. I mean, and both those guys made made splashes early on in their rookie preseasons. So yeah, I think there'll be value in me rewatching this game. As far as uh, the number watching is more difficult because you just don't know him as well. It's like, oh, another un- un- unknown number, <laughs> you know. I definitely was doing a lot of that Googling. I don't know about you guys. Like, who was that lineman that just got blown up? Oh, okay. He's on oh, It's confusing, team. too, because there are some numbers that are reused. You're like, 47, wait a minute, is that that? No, it's another one. That's weird. Oh, man. <laughs> you know? It does add to the confusion. All right. Why is Patrick Queen long snacking? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I, I just think, like, to go back, Oliver, I think he looks fine. I think if I were on the team, he'd be my tight end three. Um, I've heard the Tomlinson takes, um, you know, just better blocker. Uh, if Boy, uh, Boyle's not available, like he's going to be the guy. Sure. Like, I mean, that makes sense. I understand why you're saying that. But uh, I just think overall, like, optimistic timeline that he'll be okay, which I think he will be. Honestly, I think at this point, he's like in the same camp as uh, Lamar of just like, we're just not using him. I know he hasn't actually practiced, which is different. But uh, I just think he'll be okay. Like, I think he'll be able to to get practices in soon and and start playing that's my hunch yeah i think oliver looks like what you want from a tight end three um i think he needs to get work on his aggressiveness some i mean there was that play in the first game where the safety stripped the ball out of his hand or he should have been able to grab that from him and uh the fumble was felt a little weak but i mean he got targeted a lot and he made plays he was able to get yards after the catch you know, you're hoping he's not going to have to catch more than what, like, you know, around 16 to 20 balls during the season. So, and then just stretch the field for the rest of those plays and, and take pressure off the other guys. So in that role, I mean, he seems like he can fit that very well. And, and you know, some of that um, aggressiveness might just be a result of him just getting back to playing football and you know, it might just still be in the back of his mind, you know, the injuries that he suffered. So there could still be some of that in the back of his mind. And as he gets more games under his belt, that'll pass. So yeah, I think there's still definitely a lot of potential with this guy. And I think he's got a great shot to make the roster. Yeah. I, I don't see enough out of a lot of these other fringe guys to say they're really in contention for the 53, um, you know, looking at Victor and, and more, I just don't see enough out of them as wide receivers to say, okay, they're in the conversation. Uh, maybe, you know, fine practice squad additions, but, uh, I'm not going to go crying either way about them because they just don't feel like players that are going to be um, starters or even contributors at any point in their career while you have other guys on the team who like have more of that potential. So just don't, I don't see enough there and um, offensive line much better this game. Definitely not as bad, but you know, Smith got cut after the game. No surprise there. And I think that uh, Serral guy has no chance of making the roster. He was getting blown up a lot. Like every time the, the line was falling apart, it was Serral. Uh, I noticed was not the one. Um, so, yeah, I think while they looked better, they definitely had some bad plays in them. And uh, there, there's some players there who are like definitely not not who the Ravens are looking for for depth. Yeah, it's still waiting for Stanley and and Ben Cleveland to come back. Uh, hopefully they'll be ready for week one. Uh, it's great to see Zeitler out there. He certainly had an impact. He was looking good from what I saw uh, when he was out there. I thought Ben Powers had a better game than he did 
and against New Orleans. Against New Orleans, they really just didn't seem to have him in a good position to have success. And you know, they they did move a lot of guys around in that game. That could have been part of that. But I mean, the starting job probably isn't going to him. I mean, I guess we we really still can't say because we haven't seen Cleveland play yet. But it was at least good to see some improvement from him from the previous game because there is still a chance that the Ravens are going to have to rely on him to start some games throughout the season, whether it be injury-related or rest-related for some players, because uh, we could still see that with the extra game on the schedule. Um, so it was good to see some improvement there from Powers. Yeah, definitely. Um, going back to Zeitler, um, definitely agree. It was great to see him on um, between him, Bozeman, and uh, Villanueva on the right side for that first series. I thought it was great. Um, I remember that block that Zeitler made. Basically, I think to free up Gus Edwards up the middle. I mean, he made a great block on the defensive lineman and basically got um, another linebacker out of the way and just was, you know, plowing ahead of, of, of Edwards to be able to open up that hole. It was awesome. Um, reminded me of Yonda for sure. Yeah, so I thought he had a pretty good game. I, for me, I think uh, Michael Schofield, I, I thought, did enough to show that he should be probably the backup tackle. Um, I remember Peter talking to you about Andre Smith. He just he looked awful week one. Week two, I didn't think he looked that particularly good either. I thought he had a little bit of an easier game in general. He just didn't have as many uh, speed rushes to deal with. But when the occasional you know you throw him at him, he would just he'd completely whiff on the guy. He just does not have the feet to be able to to uh, to match up with these guys. So it's it's for me definitely not a surprise that he was cut. But um, Showfield was playing on the left side for most of the game. And um, he seemed to be doing fine. I mean, he was he was dealing with guys. He was uh, making some good run blocks. I didn't see him get beat that often. So I, I would say with with him and you know Tyree Phillips, those are our backup tackles at this point in time. As long as they stay healthy. Yeah, what a shame that Phillips was not quite healthy enough to play in this game. I was hoping to be able to see him play a tackle, but like you said, Schofield took the uh, opportunity and ran with it, and definitely was a riser from this game. Breslin put in another good effort. Good to see that he actually like exists and uh, you know can play. So I think uh, the big thing now is what do we want to see next game? You know, we were talking before the show that I think our predictions were wrong about what the preseason is. We thought, oh, basically we lost the second game. We would have a uh, first game, and then the second game would be more like the third game where you'd have you know a quarter of the starters, and then uh, the last game would be to figure out the final depth. And I don't know if we're wrong in that the third game is still the third game, and that's when we're going to see the stars come out. Or if after a year of no preseason, um, the NFL has decided, or at least like the Ravens, um, have decided that the real value for them is to play the crap out of their younger guys and not really play their older guys at all. They're not worried about those rhythm snaps. They're not worried about action, game action. They're just like, we're going to save them. I think the Ravens' injuries are helping them do this um you know obviously our our whole starting wide receiver core is out (laughs) right now and with the offensive line a little bit up and down you might not want to put your franchise quarterback behind them i see all these points um but what do you guys think like are we gonna see a game three with starters or is it gonna be like the traditional this is all backups again and we're gonna figure out who's making this roster i don't know it's interesting i'm looking around at what um the rest of the nfl did and seen a bit of a mix um some teams like uh the Steelers and the Chiefs played a good amount of their starters for the first quarter of action this week uh but that seems to be the minority you know teams that did p- play a lot of starters um teams like Denver where you've got a quarterback competition between Bridgewater and Locke you know same thing with the Saints they're playing a lot of Winston and Hill to figure out who's going to be there but yeah I mean yeah again you look at teams like Buffalo You'd know Josh Allen uh, in that game. Atlanta, they didn't play Matt Ryan. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it would be nice to see at least a series of... Okay, well, so since this won't happen, let's just say it would be nice in uh, a world where injuries didn't exist to see at least one series of Jackson out there with Hollywood, Andrews, Bateman, and Watkins just to see some continuity there because you've got some new receivers there see how they all play together we know that certainly Bateman won't be out there and we'll see if about what the injury status of Watkins and Andrews but yeah I don't know I don't know really how like you're saying how much more does 
this does the preseason matter anymore for the starters is week one going to be the third preseason game now too I mean with one more game of the season um how much weight is every game gonna have is there gonna be less a little less weight on games week to week with one more token to use so to speak so yeah in short I guess I don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I do think it's interesting what the NFL is doing is just everybody's moving toward these joint practices with other teams. And so I feel like a lot of uh, the scrimmage experience that you get from those is actually probably more valuable than it has been in years past. So I, I think um, I think that definitely has something to do with how often the starters are played in the in the preseason games. I mean, personally, I, I'd like to see maybe a series from the starters as I mean, as many as what makes sense just to get something uh for those guys just so um you know week one uh isn't the first time that they do play although i will say um you know if the raiders defense is anything like it was last year i don't think our offense needs to practice whatsoever because they won't have a problem (laughs) actually a really good point the joint practices that we're doing i believe have a component that is completely shut down from the press uh, and there's no video, there's no press, there's no, there's no nothing, right? It's like, and that might be the best way for them to actually play the real offense and like real defense, so to speak, and get that practice against a real team and not give it away to the other 30 teams in the NFL. So that's actually a really interesting, uh, maybe reason why the Ravens are doing what they're doing and like shifting their preseason outlook. Cause you know that like they have to be practicing the good somewhere. Like, you know, there's a secret lab where all the interesting, like, new wrinkles and stuff is happening. And maybe that's uh, how they deploy it against a team before the real deal. Well, I mean, I think that's part of it. I think the other thing, too, with, the, with 2020, it was like, look, I mean, because of COVID, p- uh, teams had to change the way they practice. And there was a lot more virtual meetings and things like that. And I feel like the NFL realized, that, like, we can be almost just as effective with this, even, even though it's not ideal. It's not what we're used to. But NFL still fielded a quality product at the end. So I'm sure that has something to do with it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that, you know, all the teams are looking at, you know, the ability to be able to go up, go up against other teams for the week preceding the preseason game, like, is valuable. I mean, it's just more reps against another team that's not your own. Um, you can be challenged. You have different tendencies, different looks, different packages and things like that. I would be curious to see because I know joint preseason practices are not new they have been going on for a while i do think that they have had more of a renewed emphasis this year um so i do think between that and figuring out some of the remote meeting stuff just nfl teams have gotten the ability to uh get prepared without having to sacrifice the players bodies as much i would like some clarity in some of these cut decisions which i don't think we're gonna get for what it's worth like it'd be really nice to be able to say like oh our 53 cut down is going to make a lot more sense. Like we figured it out. This is our, our strategy. I think right now it's, it's total wash. And I think, unfortunately there's a decent amount of, well, we might start these guys on the three week IR, but we have to keep them. And there might be a higher number of that than most years. So we're, uh, needing to hold them for the day in order to get them on the roster and whatnot. So we're gonna have to cut people that we do intend to bring back maybe in higher numbers. Um, so the mix of more depth and more, I guess, roster finagling um, might might put us at risk. It's almost like why even do 53-man roster predictions when you know that there's going to be like, I mean, <laughs> like the Ravens are going to they're going to try and pick like 60 players, something like that. Right. And then like the extra seven are just going to go on IRR, but they're going to come around eventually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like. With a guy like Bateman, right? Like, obviously, they don't want to rush him back. It's one of those injuries that you don't want to rush back. Like, if he's ready to roll, are they going to use him week one, week two? Or are they going to, like, be like, you know what? No, we're going to IR him for three weeks, really let him rest, and, uh, you know, try to play this game for another player. It makes me wonder, like, how much teams are using the IR now as just, like, hey, get well, like really mean it, you know, get actually well uh, versus and like freeing up their roster spots versus having them inactive for a week or two. I think it's a really interesting, like the way that's changed roster construction and roster, and roster like approach. Yeah. Agree. All right. 
Well, this was a long one. Thanks for sticking with us, guys, on a recap of the Week 2 game against the Panthers. We'll be back for next week to review uh, the Ravens' hopeful uh, 20th victory in a row, preseason victory in a row against the Washington football team. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back uh, next week to, to recap that. As always, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can follow us at Ravens underscore recap on Twitter. Or send us an email at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'd love to hear from you. We look forward, as always, to continue to cover the Ravens and uh, talk about our favorite team. Hope to see you next week.